Gaveling in, the legislative session is officially underway now with work already starting on pre-filed bills. We'll bring you the very latest from the state capitol. Focusing on those who are serving or have served our nation. We'll tell you about what Alaska's congressional delegation is working on to make sure our military members are not forgotten. A big win by Donald Trump in Iowa and a shakeup in the race for the Republican presidential nomination. I'm John Decker in Des Moines. That story coming up. And new weather warnings tonight, this time for high winds in both South Central and Southeast. I'll let you know what you need to prepare for. You're watching Alaska's News Source. Good evening, everyone. Education spending, it's a big topic as lawmakers making up Alaska's 33rd legislative uh, legislature gaveled in today. They laid out their vision for funding students and teachers. That came as lawmakers put education in terms of their top priorities. Steve Kirch is live in Juneau now, kicking off coverage of the 90-day session for Alaska's News Source. Steve. The pomp and circumstances that come with the start of the legislative session also come with some big questions. As would lawmakers consider overriding the governor's veto of $87 million in education funding? Now, Senate Majority Leader Cassie Geithel said today, yes. The Senate Majority would consider if the House invited them to a joint session, pointing that in terms of senators voting overwhelmingly last year to increase the base student allocation. Also oh, speaking to that, over in the House today, Minority Leader Calvin Schrage's motion to invite senators over for a joint session to override the governor's education veto failed in a close vote. The legislature has five days once the start of session occurs to override the veto. Uh, that's, we still have five days available. And what you heard from the Senate is that there's a lot of support for overriding this veto. It's my hope that over the next few days we'll be able to uh, have constituents and Alaskans reach out to their legislators and tell them how they feel about this issue. Uh, a joint session for uh, a veto override for one-time funding is not what our caucus is focused on. We're focused on long-term uh, solutions for education, which are not laser focused on one piece of education. Um, the BSA is only a portion of education. There are several things that fall underneath that education umbrella, if you will. And from listening to House Speaker tonight, Kathy Tilton, it sounds like at least tonight there's not enough support in the House to override the, the governor's vetoes. As we look ahead tomorrow, lawmakers are scheduled to begin committee hearings. Some of the topics include oil production, voter registration, and ranked choice voting, and permanent fund dividend. Live in Juneau, State Capitol reporter Steve Kirch. Well, Alaska's congressional delegation has been working on multiple military bills to include both current service members and veterans. Beth Verge details the legislation now and how Alaska's veterans affairs leaders are responding. Beth? Well, Mike Maria, 2023 saw several milestones when it comes to military-related legislation. Think of the Veterans Cost of Living Adjustment Act, which includes increases to amounts payable for wartime disability compensation, or the first anniversary of the PACT Act, that bill expanding health care options and benefits for those who suffered toxic exposures. The VA here says requests have gone up by the thousands as Alaskans look to finally get treatment for some of the issues related to that. Then there's the massive landmark National Defense Authorization Act, which is so broad, but includes a pay raise for service members, an extension to the runway at Joint Base Elmendorf-Richardson, unaccompanied personnel housing at Fort Wainwright, multiple facilities at Isleson, and more, as well 
as a bill that passed and grants retroactive pay for those senior officers whose promotions were delayed over congressional action. This, of course, being a partial list. But today, we spoke with Alaska State Office of Veterans Affairs Director about advocating for Alaskan vets and some of the common reactions seen when it comes to doing that. Completed a briefing just not too long ago in, in uh, New York about some of the issues that we had in Alaska. And um, uh, many people were aghast that we have 161 communities that are not connected by a road. We have a uh, uh, the highly rural transportation grant that we have in my office, and it covers areas that are on the road system only. Uh, we had to ask for an exemption for the Marine Highway in order to allow our veterans to, to utilize the Marine Highway to go to and from their doctor's visits or to and from their, their um, uh, to, to receive uh, medications. Now tonight at 10, we'll hear from the congressional delegation about some of those priorities currently in Congress. Mike, Maria. All right, thanks, Beth. <clears throat> Donald Trump has scored a decisive victory in the Iowa caucuses, giving the former president major momentum in his quest to win the Republican presidential nomination. Our White House correspondent John Decker is on the ground in Des Moines with the story and what it means for opponents. By winning over 50% of the vote, Donald Trump left no doubt that he's the candidate to beat for the Republican presidential nomination. Exceeding expectations, the former president beat Florida Governor Ron DeSantis by almost 30 points sending a clear message to the rest of the Republican Party. In some states it's easy, in other states it's a little bit more difficult. But we have really the support of the people of Iowa, which has been just incredible. DeSantis, who devoted enormous time and resources in Iowa, finished a distant second with just over 21% of the vote. He told supporters that he's already looking ahead to the New Hampshire primary next Tuesday. We thank you for your effort. We thank you for your support. You helped us get a ticket punched out of the Hawkeye State. Former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley finished in third place with 19% and told her supporters in West Des Moines that she, too, is looking ahead to the Granite State. I will be back in the great state of New Hampshire. And the question before Americans is now very clear. Do you want more of the same? Or do you want a new generation of conservative leadership? A fourth-place finish in Iowa led Vivek Ramaswamy to tell his supporters that his campaign for president is ending in Iowa. As of this moment, we are going to suspend this presidential campaign. And this is going to have to be... There is no path for me to be the next president. Ramaswamy indicated that he will endorse Donald Trump at a campaign event in New Hampshire. Meanwhile, the Biden campaign fundraising off of Trump's victory and the DNC in a statement pointing out that nearly half of Iowa Republicans voted for someone other than the former president. In Des Moines, Iowa, I'm John Decker. All right, turning now to the weather, we've got some pictures and video of an avalanche that happened down in Juneau this morning. Officials there tell us no structures were impacted, but a lot of heavy snow in the mountains all around the uh, Juneau area. Again, this is an avalanche that happened this morning. And Thane Road in a separate avalanche in Juneau is now reopened following yesterday's avalanche. The city manager there saying the avalanche buried the road, Thane Road, one to two feet of snow over a mile south of downtown Juneau. She described the avalanche as a common occurrence in that area, but still urging extreme caution.
And as we said, that was one of two avalanches in Juneau. The other was downtown, also with no impacts to buildings or people, thank goodness. Chief Meteorologist Melissa Fry joins us now with the latest on the active weather all across the state. Melissa. Yeah, Mike and Maria, glad that no one was hurt and no buildings were impacted in either of those avalanches. Again, the video you saw there downtown and that second one down on Thane Road. But uh, we are seeing some really beautiful conditions out there. This is what it looked like earlier today before the sun set. You can see uh, the heavy snow still there along Egan Drive. But look at that crystal clear, beautiful blue sky, really calm, nice conditions there today and there is no more snow in the forecast for uh, at least a few days but what is in the forecast is the high possibility of high winds in downtown Juneau tomorrow so even though that radar is clear tonight not a cloud in the sky uh, you do need to be prepared for high winds in downtown Juneau and Douglas tomorrow afternoon and evening we're talking these east winds 15 to 25 miles per hour with gusts up to 60 miles per hour that's going to cause some blowing snow uh, uh, and also could bring some concern with avalanche danger as well. So again, use extra caution tomorrow in Juneau, even though that storm has passed. Right now in Anchorage, still a little bit of daylight out there this evening. Nice conditions, a little fog still hovering over the city, and we'll see patchy fog heading into tomorrow. But temperatures are dropping 12 degrees right now in Anchorage already. Back to those single digits in the valley tonight, single digits in Kenai. We're going to hold on to clear and dry conditions tomorrow, but we're also going to see that wind picking up here across south central, including extreme winds in Valdez and up into Thompson Pass. More details on that here in a few minutes, but get ready for that chilly start. Many of us in the single digits early tomorrow morning and then highs back into the mid-teens with that sunshine. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. All right, Melissa, we'll see you back in a few minutes. And, of course, one of the easiest ways to get all of those weather updates for your area is the Alaska's Weather Source app. That app features information updated by our own weather team, including Melissa. Search for Alaska's Weather Source in the App Store to get that for yourself. We still had tonight growing concerns over a jump in syphilis cases here in Alaska. We'll let you know what the CDC recommends and why after the break. You're watching Alaska's News Source. Well, a rising number of syphilis cases here in Alaska is prompting a strong recommendation from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention tonight. Health officials recommend most adults in Alaska under age 45 should be tested for syphilis at least once this year. Lauren Maxwell is here to tell us why. Well, it's really because of the numbers. Alaska has one of the highest rates of syphilis in the country, and unfortunately, it isn't slowing down. Syphilis is a sexually transmitted disease, which in our state is clearly on the rise. From 20 cases reported in 2016 to 424 in 2022, numbers that have health officials concerned. Syphilis was relatively rare before 2017 in Alaska. And before 2020, it was very rare in women, and we've really seen an increase in both men and women. If left untreated, syphilis can cause serious health problems that can crop up years after the initial infection. And the concern isn't just for adults. The rate of congenital syphilis, that's babies born with the disease, is also growing in Alaska, which can lead to a lifetime of health issues, even death. It's something that we really want to avoid. The key, health officials say, is testing. That's especially important for pregnant women, but the CDC also recommends it for most Alaskans who are sexually active under age 45. 
Because it's a blood test, people can talk to their doctors about adding a test for syphilis when they're having other lab work done. Anchorage residents can also get tested at the Municipal Health Clinic, which offers free walk-in service that's completely confidential. Mondays and Fridays, um, anytime between 9 o'clock and 3 o'clock, we do free STD testing, whether or not somebody has insurance. The good news health providers say is that syphilis is a curable condition. It's something we can test for, we can find out if you have it, and then it's something that we can get treatment for. That starts with knowing where you stand. Now, as for symptoms, doctors say it could range from an unexplained sore or rash to no symptoms at all. Bottom line, syphilis can be a very serious disease, but the treatment is relatively simple. Doctors say a dose or two of penicillin will usually clear it up. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Click subscribe so you can get the latest podcast from Alaska's news source automatically. And stay up to date with breaking news and in-depth reporting available for free 24-7 with the Alaska News Source app.